What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. On today's show, that we are being tracked and tagged everywhere we go, and it's going to get worse. We're going to see a lot more of that as things become uh, more and more criminalized. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. Turning our attention to San Francisco, where after its fourth appearance at the San Francisco Board of Supervisors Rules Committee, a controversial ordinance that would allow police to access private surveillance cameras was recommended to the full board on a two-to-one vote that included two amendments, but only one dissenting vote. We're joined by Brian Hofer, the executive director of Secure Justice, a nonprofit that advocates against state abuse of power and for reduction in government and corporate overreach. He has also been the chair of Oakland's Privacy Advisory Commission since 2016. Good morning, Brian. Morning, Kat. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Brian, before this ordinance passed, what was the existing policy? Uh, well, there was no policy, uh, which has been the big okay. problem. This, the, the overall uh, vetting framework, uh, which was also enacted by ordinance, was uh, signed into law June 2019. San Francisco Police Department did submit two different use policies, one for license plate readers, one for shot spotter, and then they apparently just forgot uh, that they had a responsibility to address all the other surveillance technology in the city. Um, and unfortunately, after the George Floyd protests, we saw the uh, police accessing private camera uh, networks, uh, which the ACLU and ESF revealed, um, as they learned about through public records, um, discovered that the police were monitoring uh, First Amendment protected activity. Uh, a, a big fight between the board and the mayor's office um, arose. There was competing ballot measures, and as a result, we've got this uh, very problematic use policy heading towards the board that's probably going to give the police um, some extraordinary powers they did not have before, such as real-time monitoring uh, and private party cameras, which could be on businesses or residences. I mean, I usually think of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors as pretty progressive. I mean, we lost Haney and we saw who uh, Reed replaced him with, yeah. at least for now. Um, that said, you, you think this is going to pass when it reaches the full board? Why? Yeah, um, I, I, just, I think the, the political pressures that we're in right now, um, you know, we saw what the district attorneys recall. You know, we're seeing the pressure in Oakland yeah. and Berkeley and these other places where we're supposed to have, you know, staunch progressive officials but you know i i know because i've seen some of the you know very vocal comments and 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 i've talked to you know our our elected allies and they're hearing it from the constituents people that think uh surveillance technology prevents crime uh and is going to reduce you know the violence uh that they're hearing about constantly in the media uh, which is presenting a, a somewhat distorted picture of reality um, you know, it's over amplifying uh, a select number of crimes and kind of sensationalizing them to where we sort of are all walking around very anxious, like we're, you know, going to die of murder at any moment. Um, and this is not to suggest there's no crime or quality of life issues. Of course, you know, San Francisco has a great. It's mostly people. property crime in San Francisco, though. I just want to be clear about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. San Francisco's and, and homicide yeah, rates are way, way, way down. That's the thing is when the FBI's own numbers are showing that violent crime is dropping quite a bit and some in some categories it's at a generational low, you know, what we're hearing from our local media is, is just it's just not true. 
Brian, when we're talking about private surveillance footage, you, like cameras people have on their house, ring doorbells, like things like that, that's what we're talking about? Yes, and um, a lot of the business improvement districts have uh, received um, free technology um, from a wealthy philanthropist, Chris Larson, who's uh, been buying uh, security cameras essentially for folks, and, and these cameras do have analytics on them. And and so I, I've got cameras in my house. Now, now mine is because of the death threats I get from white supremacists. But OPD, you know, if something happens on my block, they'll they'll leave a note on the door because uh, I don't answer it for them ever, uh, and and ask me to get back to them. But I have a choice, right, about whether or not I give over my footage. I never have. Uh, does this ordinance mean that people still have a choice, or can it just be taken by law enforcement? Well, I would argue that you know, with a warrant, uh, it could have always been taken. Um, if, if a court is going to authorize the right. seizure of video, that could have happened. But with this policy, you know, the, the police department have done a, a very good job of, of you know, emphasizing uh, that this is a consent-based uh, program and you know, completely voluntarily, and that they're never going to abuse it. But what we know is, like, you know, when the police come up, it's not it SFPD. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, when the police, yeah. you know, say, I, I need to see your footage, like, it's, it, there is a, a, a coercive element, you know, to, to suggest that it's going to feel, you know, truly voluntary and that you have the right to say no um, yeah, isn't going to be a universal feeling shared by most. Yeah. Uh, it is by me. Uh, Brian, uh, last question. Uh, do you think people have any idea how bad this could get if we continue to give up our privacy, advocate for the invasion of our lives by the state in the name of safety? No, it's, you know, and it's uh, as an advocate like you, it's, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, are we doing are we doing enough? Are, are we reaching the mainstream? Are we educating them on all these harms? Because what what folks, you know, especially with the way the media, I think, portrays stuff in such short media cycles, is you, you just kind of hear about one little issue here. Oh, it's maybe just license plate readers here, or maybe it's just a camera here, or maybe it's just facial recognition here. And they're kind of losing sight of the overall totality of, of the surveillance load that's on us, that we are being tracked and tagged everywhere we go. As more smart city applications come, you know, for the private sector, they're going to be selling our data as well, which they already are. Um, you know, we're already seeing uh, data broker horror stories with reproductive rights um, sites, you know, in, in southern states uh, where, where um, you know, women's uh, civil liberties have already been stripped from them. And it's going to get worse. We're going to see a lot more of that as things become uh, more and more criminalized. All right, Brian, we've got to leave it there. I've got so much more to talk to you uh, about, so we will have you back on very soon. I want to talk about the facial recognition ban. Uh, so you'll be back soon. Thanks for coming on this morning. We've been speaking to Brian Hofer, Executive Director of Secure Justice, a nonprofit that advocates against state abuse of power and for reduction in government and corporate overreach. He has also been the chair of Oakland's Privacy Advisory Commission since 2016. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. 
Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. 